If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, August 22nd edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. The full 15 games on the betting board for today, and all of them are night games. So a lot to get to on today's show. Before I get into that, I want to remind you about the subscription options available over at VEASAN.com. Head to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Get involved over there today. We just announced a new writer, Tyler Shoemaker, whose work will be available over at VEASAN behind the paywall. But he is a very, very, very sharp college football and NFL mind with his proprietary model, the T-Shoe Index. So I encourage you to check that out. Got an introduction piece that is free for all to see. Over at vcin.com gives you an idea of what Tyler does, but he's just one of the new additions that we have. We'll announce a few more coming up here shortly. And then also our college football betting guide is available. Our NFL betting guide available as well. And we're nine days away from releasing a little bit of a refresh and an update an add on, if you will, to that NFL guide that came out in late June. The only way to get our guides, all of our content, access to all of our betting tools, including DraftKings betting splits is by becoming a VSIN Pro subscriber. So if you've not done that yet, well, today is the day for you to sign up over there at the website. And of course, that includes my MLB article Monday through Saturday, which you can check out over at vcin.com. Let's get to the Major League Baseball card here for today. As I said, there are a lot of games, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to break down. Two plays for me on today's card. So we'll get to those at the tail end of the show. But we start in Philadelphia with the Giants and the Phillies, Kyle Harrison making his Major League debut for San Francisco. Taiwan Walker getting the call here for the Phillies. Harrison at AAA, 466 ERA, 525 FIP. Really interesting dude, though. 105 strikeouts in 65 and two-thirds innings pitched, but also 48 walks, and he's allowed 10 home runs. So a 35.6% K percentage, 16.3% walk rate, 16.7 home run to fly ball percentage 
over 55% of plate appearances against him at AAA this season have been either a strikeout walk or a home run. Deceptive left-handed arm slot, high walk rate here. We'll see how efficient he actually is in this one, but I will say this. He got sent down to the complex league. I don't know if he got hurt or if they were trying to rebuild his mechanics or something like that. Got sent down to the complex league, didn't pitch for about 27 days in the month of July. In three starts at AAA and the one start in the complex league, only four walks over 11 and a third, and all of them came in one start. So perhaps Harrison kind of figuring some things out and the Giants opting to call him up for that outing here today. Taiwan Walker, 403 ERA, 444 expected, 468 FIP, 131 and two-thirds innings pitched. Walker walked six last time out against the Twins. And the big velocity bump that we saw in the month of June is gone. He only has 12 strikeouts over his last four starts. May look to fade him going forward. Didn't really trust Harrison enough today. Also, if Harrison does wind up throwing, say, 70 pitches over three innings, something like that, if not more, the Giants don't really have a long man here today because Sean Manaya and Sean Jelly, they both pitched through 60 pitches yesterday. Tristan Beck and Jake Junis threw over 40 on Sunday. They don't really have a long man here. They don't really have a piggyback to Harrison. So they're hoping that he's able to work fairly deep into this game. But if not, they could be in a bit of a difficult spot. So wound up staying off the Giants. But I do think that Taiwan Walker is kind of up against it here a little bit. Maybe a chance for this Giants offense to break out to some degree. The line on this game is the Phillies minus 130, minus 135 with a total of nine. Maybe the over is the play, but I'm trying to shy away from totals since I've been so bad on them throughout the course of the season. Adam Wainwright and Johan Oviedo here as the Cardinals take on the Pirates. Pirates dollar 35 favorite, total of 10 in this one. Wainwright bought himself at least one more start. He wound up going six innings, gave up three runs on four hits last time out but he didn't have a single swing and miss out of the 93 pitches that he threw. So the sad end for Wainwright continued, even though the results were okay in that start, not a single swing and miss out of 93 pitches is a ridiculous statistic. 11.6% barrel percentage for Wainwright, leading to an 842 ERA, 606 FIP, 41 strikeouts and 356 batters faced, the Cardinals were going to move him to the bullpen, reevaluate his role. But as I said, he bought himself at least one more start. Still needs two wins to get to 200. I'm really hoping that he does so. And I do think that he is a Hall of Famer and will be in Cooperstown when all is said and done. But obviously this year, a very, very tough end to his MLB career. As far as Oviedo goes, 455 ERA, 457 expected, 441 FIP, 140 and a third innings pitched. Uh, He's thrown 171 innings for the Pirates. He's been more effective there, I think, than he was as a starter for the Cardinals. But I am worried about Oviedo as we go forward here. 140 and a third innings, as I mentioned. 117 and a third last year. 116 and two-thirds in 2021. Hasn't thrown this many innings since 2019. And those were in the minor leagues. It's a lower stress environment, much more controlled. And Oviedo has allowed 10 runs on 10 hits in his last two starts. Just seven strikeouts against seven walks over nine innings. Lowest fastball velocity of the season last time out. Since July 1st, 540 ERA and nine starts. Five or more runs five times. So I thought about taking the Cardinals today, but just couldn't get there with Wainwright, even though I do think fading Oviedo going forward is probably a good idea 
especially with that innings increase that he's experiencing for this season. Mets and Braves. Braves a big favorite here in the minus 220, minus 225 range. Total of 10.5 or some 11s popping out there with Tyler McGill and Bryce Elder. McGill, 553 ERA, 634 expected, 514 FIP. Elder does have a 346 ERA, but a 429 expected, 427 FIP. And furthermore here for Elder, of late, in the second half, 506 ERA, 477 FIP, only 20 strikeouts in 135 batters faced. So Elder is a pitch-to-contact guy, does keep the ball on the ground, but lately hasn't been finding as much success here. Also another guy, keep an eye on the workload with him, keep an eye on the workload with any of these young pitchers here for the rest of the season. McGill, five decent innings last time out, but he's just not a very good pitcher. His previous two starts, 11 runs on 18 hits and 10 innings, including a start against Atlanta back on August 11th. Total is very high in this game, deservedly so. Hot and humid down in Atlanta here today. I would expect we probably do get some offense in this game, but you know, 10 and a half, 11 is a very, very big total to try and bet into in any venue outside of Coors Field. And that's what we've got here tonight. And the Braves, pretty cost prohibitive, I think, as well, in that minus 220, minus 225 range. Do have a play on the Marlins and the Padres, so we'll circle back to that a little bit later in the show. And we go to the American League side of things. Four games in the AL, and what a pitching matchup we've got here. Toronto and Baltimore. Baltimore, about a minus 120 favorite with a total of eight, as we've got Yusei Kikuchi and Grayson Rodriguez. And look, if you want to talk about the hottest pitcher in the American League, it may very well be Yusei Kikuchi. He has been excellent here. Six second half starts for Kikuchi, 129 ERA, 215 FIP, 35 innings pitched, has not allowed more than one earned run in any of those six starts, allowed two runs in his first start after the break. One of them was unearned. 36 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio, hasn't given up a homer, 49.5% ground ball rate. 28.6% hard hit percentage, 2.2% barrel rate, 14 batted balls last time out against the Phillies. The hardest hit ball was 94.4 miles per hour. Two starts ago against Cleveland, the hardest hit ball was 98 miles per hour. So Kikuchi is just tremendous. I mean, the, the command and the control have both been exceptional here in the second half. Did have a home run problem in the first half. The strikeout and walk ratio has been good all season long. But, man, is he on fire right now for this Blue Jays team. And, look, it's fun to follow. I mean, he's got a 344 ERA for the season. His other run estimators are much higher, both FIP, XERA, and also XFIP, much higher for him uh, than 344. But he's never had an ERA lower than 441. So this is really cool to see for Kikuchi, who came over from Japan in 2019. But it's also been cool to see what's happened with Grayson Rodriguez. So, I don't think it's really worth looking at what he did before he got sent down to the minors and figured a lot of things out. Since getting recalled on July 17th, six starts, 303 ERA, 296 FIP, but it's the way that he's doing it that has been really interesting. He's only allowed one home run, 35.8% hard hit percentage, 4.2% barrel rate, ground ball percentage is 56.4%, so he's keeping the ball on the ground, staying away from trouble. They're not being able to elevate against him. And when you look at his first 10 starts of the season before he got sent down, hard hit percentage was almost was over 16% higher at 52.2%. Barrel rate was three times what it is now at 12.7%. And yeah, he had a 26.5% strikeout rate, 
but also a 10% walk rate. So he's pitching to more contact now, but he's really working through his arsenal, keeping the ball on the ground, staying out of the nitro zones. Really, really impressive turnaround here for Grayson Rodriguez this season. Of course, we'll see what he's able to do the rest of the way. Let's take a short break here, and I'll come right back on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Sorry, I ran out of gas there, ran out of steam, ran out of breath uh, talking about that game. Maybe just because Kikuchi and Rodriguez kind of taking my breath away a little bit with how they've pitched here recently. A lot of the card to get to, so we'll head right into that. But before I do that, a reminder, please rate, review, subscribe. Five-star reviews, very, very much appreciated for this and all of the shows here in our VSIN family of podcasts. I'll be doing the college football podcast for week zero with Tim Murray on Wednesday. So we'll get that episode out to you uh, Wednesday evening, Wednesday night, taking a look at the seven games coming up here in week zero. So keep an eye or an ear, I guess, out for that. 
Seattle and Chicago. Brian Wu making his return to the Mariners rotation. Mike Clevenger getting the call here for the White Sox. Mariners with a laugher last night. And those are important when you're on a winning streak. You get one of those nights where you blow somebody out and kind of let the bullpen stabilize a little bit. Seattle used seven relievers to win their game on Sunday. So good for them to get that blowout win last night. I believe it was 14 to two or or whatever it was. But that was nice to see for them because they may need it. Brian Wu here. Uh, Coming off the injured list, first start since August 3rd, did not make any rehab appearances through a 30-pitch bullpen six days ago. That was the last thing I could find. I assume he threw on the 18th or or the 19th, something like that. But I don't know if he'll work all that deep into this game. Although the White Sox are a team you can work deep into games against because they're just not very patient. They swing at a lot of things here. For Wu, 16 runs on 23 hits and four starts in the second half before getting a little bit of a rest. Had only allowed a 25.4% hard hit percentage, though, 4.8% barrel rate. So he was just falling on the wrong side of variance. Hits the IL with forearm tightness. Maybe that was just to catch his breath more than anything, as opposed to sending him down. So I guess we'll see how he looks here in this one. But speaking of guys that are injured, Mike Clevenger's had a few different IL stints here for the season. Does have a 326 ERA, 429 expected, 442 FIP. Fifth straight start since returning on June 29th. Uh, and he's allowed five runs on 16 hits and 23 innings. That should say, I believe, July 29th. Uh, but in any event, Clevenger's actually been pretty decent, although he's faced Cleveland twice, the Yankees, the Cubs. So, you know, we'll see what he ends up looking like here uh, coming out for his fifth straight start. And again, that should be July 29th uh, when he came back. From the injured list. Got a play on Red Sox and Astros, so we'll come back to that. I do not have a play or really anything to say about the Royals and the A's game. Uh, no idea who's actually starting this game. Zach Granke is supposed to come off the IL for Kansas City. Angel Zerpa is currently listed as the starter. Not sure that'll happen. Don't know who's starting for Oakland. Hogan Harris may start, may bulk. I don't know, but not really a whole lot of interest in that game anyway. Not much interest in this one, either Colorado and Tampa Bay, Zach Littell, Ty Block in this one here where you've got Littell and the Rays, minus 275-ish favorite, total down to eight and a half for this one here. Block's been pitching pretty well as a starter, but there are a lot of regression signs in the profile. 266 ERA, but a 496 FIP, 533 XFIP. He's not a strikeout guy. He's only struck out two batters per start, so it's 10 strikeouts over his five starts. Not really a huge fan of the profile, even though I did bet on him last time out against Arizona where the Rockies blew the save in the ninth, had him plus two and a half against the Dodgers two starts ago. But as these signs continue to mount, you know, there's less and less incentive to bet on a guy like him. But I'm not really a huge Littell guy either. 278 ERA, 322 FIP in his four starts so far. 1.1% walk rate. I don't believe it. 16.9% strikeout rate with a 78% left on base percentage. I don't believe that. 45.2% hard hit rate, 9.6% barrel rate. I'm selling stock in Zach Littell, just not today because the Rockies are just not really an enjoyable team to bet on. On Tampa Bay, you know, obviously a team that's been good for the most part throughout the season, although they've had some issues, uh, you know, of late here in the second half offensively. The plus one and a half, plus 105 is just not good enough for me. Plus two and a half is minus 160. That's not good enough either. But uh, we'll see if the Rays are able to hit a lefty and deal some of those regression signs to tie block in that one. 
Cubs and the Tigers. This is an interesting game, interesting handicap here. Uh, I mentioned yesterday in the article and on the show that the Cubs bullpen was kind of up against it a little bit. And we did see that come to the forefront yesterday. Michael Fulmer, third time in four days, fourth time in six days, gave up three runs and really struggled. Adbert Alzale, the closer for the Cubs, not available. Mark Leiter Jr. actually got the save. 25 pitches, it was not easy, working his third straight day. And the Cubs, you know, they got a decent start from Javier Assad, but then had to go kind of down the depth chart a little bit to work through the middle innings. Today, they're sending out Drew Smiley. Smiley, 492 ERA, 415 expected, 503 FIP, removed from the rotation after his August 7th start, where he gave up seven runs on eight hits. And over his last 49 innings, Smiley has a 735 ERA with a 664 FIP. So not super excited about his chances here today. 42 runs and 46 innings as a starter from June 14th to August 7th. He's worked three innings in relief, hasn't given up a run, but now the Cubs are going to ask him for some length. The Cubs are going to ask him to stretch out a little bit, and I think that could be a concerning thing here in this one. So I gave a lot of thought to the Tigers. The Cubs are minus 125, total of nine. Give a lot of thought to the Tigers in that plus 105, plus 110 range, but Reese Olsen's had some issues here too. 483 ERA, 492 expected, does have a 399 FIP, but over his last five starts, 620 ERA, 477 FIP. So I thought about Detroit, but I couldn't get there with Olsen. The Cubs are the best lineup in baseball against righties in the second half. So Olsen, the fact that he's struggled here of late, not really a great matchup for him. But man, I don't trust Smiley in this one either. So it's a really, really tough game. I got close with Detroit, but Olsen just not trustworthy enough for me in that one. Nationals and Yankees, the return of Carlos Rodon for the Yankees. Josiah Gray gets the call for Washington. This is another one where I got close to taking a side, ultimately didn't do it, and that side would have been Washington. Rodon here, uh, 27 innings at the MLB level, 733 ERA, 540 expected ERA, 738 FIP. Washington, as we know, has been good against lefties throughout the course of the season. 110 WRC plus here in the second half top 10 offense for the year. Rodon didn't make any rehab starts, did throw a five-inning sim game where he allegedly threw five shutout innings, but I just don't have a whole lot of belief in him. The problem is Josiah Gray's regression has finally made it. 396 ERA, 472 expected ERA, 481 FIP. He's got a high left on base percentage, 79.1%. Doesn't have the strikeout rate to sustain it. Walk rate is up around 11%. And he's allowed 14 runs on 15 hits in his last 11 and a third innings pitched. Also, his velocity has been down under his season average in his last three starts. Feels like he's wearing down a little bit. If nothing else, there's a correction going on with his numbers. So couldn't get there with the Nationals. I think they are live tonight, but I just don't really believe in Josiah Gray enough to take them at the underdog price here tonight. Yankees are minus 180, so the Nationals, anywhere from minus 155 to minus 160 in that range. It's a juicy price. It really, truly is. But I just, I couldn't get there uh, with the struggles that Gray has had here in his recent starts. Dodgers and the Guardians. Dodgers laying about $2 on the road against Cleveland. Total of eight and a half here in this one. And I talked about, you know, the struggles of Adam Wainwright last week and, you know, how I'm just, I'm rooting for the guy to get his two wins and just, 
get to 200. The team can celebrate him. The city can celebrate him, and he deserves all of it. But it's just sad kind of watching the end here. Speaking of sad, Noah Syndergaard, after his last start, his media availability, it was crushing. I mean, he looked so downtrodden, so disheartened, basically said, look, I I can't enjoy anything else in my life when I'm performing as bad as I am here. And it was really hard to watch. It was really hard to see. Uh, The dude just needs a hug, man. Like, it, it was really, really hard to see. And now he faces his former team in a very, very difficult assignment here against the Dodgers. Gave up six runs on eight hits and four and a third last time out against Cincinnati. 5.06 ERA, 7.30 FIP, and four starts for Cleveland. The full season numbers are terrible, as we know. Uh, it's it's rough, and, and this could be a really rough start for him where, you know, he kind of made it sound when he was traded that he didn't have the best experience with the Dodgers. So now he faces them, and and they could really – you know, deal him a big blow here. And and Joey Cantillo, who's pitching in the minor leagues for Cleveland, he's basically on the same turn as Noah Syndergaard. So there's a realistic possibility that this could be Syndergaard's last start if he ends up getting shelled here. Maybe he goes to the bullpen. Maybe the Guardians just outright DFA him. I don't know, but this is his back is against the wall here in this start against a very, very good offense. And Bobby Miller, He's had a tale of three seasons. It's been kind of fascinating. Two runs in his first 23 innings, 20 runs in his next 22 innings, and now just 10 runs allowed in 31 and a third since the All-Star break. That's a 259 ERA, 317 FIP here in the second half. Cleveland looks absolutely lifeless at this point. The offense was bad to begin with, but they kind of went into a shell when they were sellers at the deadline. Traded Ahmed Rosario, traded Aaron Savali. They lost Josh Naylor on July 31st to a uh, strained oblique. They're 6-12 and in August without him. They're six back now of the Twins. It's all bad for Cleveland. And and quite frankly, I may regret not laying the run line here with the Dodgers. Minus 1.5 was in the minus 120, minus 125 range. I I may regret not doing it, but I just, I don't know. Maybe it was just feeling guilty about how miserable Noah Syndergaard is. And and I guess that, you know, in the sports betting world, you can't really worry too much about that. You can't let emotion get too much into it, but it's hard to watch. It was really hard to watch, and I'm rooting for the dude tonight, and I maybe on some subconscious level, I didn't want to have to root against him. So no play for me, but I would be surprised if the Dodgers don't win this game and possibly win it by margin, and I would be surprised if the Dodgers don't sweep Cleveland with the way that the Guardians are playing right now. Twins and Brewers, Bailey Ober, Wade Miley in this one. The Twins, slight favorite across the market, as high as minus 115, that number coming from DraftKings. Total of eight and a half here with Bailey Ober and Wade Miley in this one. And, you know, look, I, I just I just think that, you know, when you look at this situation for Milwaukee, this is just not a great team. I, I'm not super impressed with this team, but they're 68 and 57. They're plus five in run differential. They just swept the Rangers in Arlington. There's nothing that really stands out aside from the defense and really the bullpen. I mean, their starting staff is 18th and FIP. Um, you know, their bullpen, their team ERA is 11th. They're a borderline bottom five offense. There's not a whole lot to like about this team except for their defense and the fact that William Contreras has been among the best pitch framers in baseball. They're also really, really good in one-run games. Then there's the Twins. Best or second-best rotation in baseball all year long, and they're only five games over 500. 
two teams I think are very, very hard to figure out for this season, and they will play a short two-game interleague series here. Miley, 305 ERA, 457 expected, 453 FIP, 82 and two-thirds of innings pitched. Uh, He's got an 82.4% left on base percentage, so he's been a big benefactor of that great defense that Milwaukee has. Bailey Ober here of late, he's struggling a little bit. 552 ERA, 511 FIP, and six starts since the All-Star break, 400 BABIP against. Hasn't really faced some great offenses. Mariners, White Sox, Royals, Diamondbacks, Tigers twice. So that kind of magnifies the struggles that he's had. Milwaukee's not a good offense either, but I think that this line pretty fair here with Ober and Miley. So nothing from me in that one. Reds and Angels, same pitching matchup that was scheduled for Monday's game. Graham Ashcraft, Lucas Giolito in this one. Ashcraft, a lot of regression signs in the profile. He's only allowed 14 runs in his last nine starts. 217 ERA, but a 449 FIP, only 38 strikeouts in 58 innings, 90.6% left on base percentage. Not really buying the profile here for Ashcraft and not really buying Giolito either. 444 ERA, 454 expected, 478 FIP. He's not done well in 21 innings with the Angels, 814 ERA, 674 FIP, just struggling. And he did face Atlanta. That skews the numbers a little bit but he hasn't been super sharp. Ashcraft has been, but I think he's a regression candidate. Nothing from me in this one. I think it's a very tough game to handicap, especially with everything going on in Southern California uh, with the Angels trying to get back to work here. Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Uh, Yesterday, we had a pitching change, so this game was taken off the card. Uh, Joe Mantiply wound up opening for Arizona. They used a double opener before going to Slade Ciccone. The Rangers blowing the game late. They The Rollis Chapman gave up a home run in the ninth. Then they blew a lead in the 11th as well. So the Rangers are kind of riding the struggle bus around a little bit at this point in time. But let's talk about Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen, last time out, one run on three hits to the Padres. Three strikeouts. Gave up 14 hard hit balls in that start. Average exit velo, 97.3 miles per hour. 73.7% hard hit percentage for Gallen in that one. Lowest fastball velo he's had in two months. Third straight start with a single-digit swinging strike percentage. 350 ERA and a 391 FIP in his last seven starts here in the second half, but a 51.7% hard hit rate, 11.2% barrel rate. Zach Gallen is not trustworthy at this point in time, and I think a very difficult start will be coming. Does it happen today? It could, especially against the Rangers offense, and John Gray would appreciate that. 352 ERA, 423 expected, 416 FIP, 127 and two-thirds innings pitched. One run on eight hits over his last 14 innings, so maybe Gray kind of getting back on track a little bit here. Gallon and the Diamondbacks are a favorite in the minus 120, minus 125 range, total of eight and a half. I do think that maybe Texas is live here in this one, but that was not a play for me. So let's get to the two plays that I did have as we circle back to that Marlins and Padres game. I am laying the first five run line, minus half a run, minus 125 on San Diego. That's Blake Snell and Jesus Lazardo. The Padres for the full game, minus 180, total of seven and a half. So I do have some concerns about both pitchers here, but my concerns about Lazardo are much, much stronger than my concerns about Snell, especially given the matchup for Snell. So let's dive in here for Lazardo. He's having issues. 21 runs allowed in his last four starts, over 17 innings, just 16 strikeouts against nine walks. 
47.6% hard hit percentage, 14.3% barrel rate, giving up eight homers in his last three starts. The workload is catching up with him. This is 37 more innings than he's ever pitched at the big league level. This is 13 more innings than he's pitched in a single season, and only 95 and a third of those came at the MLB level back in 2021. So I think Lazardo is really hitting the wall. Also, his ERA is over a run higher on the road. Woba is 53 points higher on the road. His slugging percentage is 96 points higher on the road, and his batting average against 52 points higher on the road. So Lazardo has ugly road splits. He's really hit a wall here. He's not pitching well at all whatsoever. And Snell, on the other hand, pitching very well. 129 ERA, 292 FIP, last 16 starts. Does have that walk issue, but here's the thing. Miami doesn't walk. Miami has the lowest walk rate against lefties at 6.1%, and they've only walked 4.2% of the time against lefties in the second half over 333 plate appearances. So they are a free-swinging offense. That is not what you want to be against Blake Snell because Blake Snell is so good at limiting hard contact, getting strikeouts, you know, getting a lot of foul balls, stuff like that. So I don't like this matchup at all for Miami. Even though they've hit lefties well throughout the year, they've not hit them well in the second half, and this is not a lefty matchup that is a good one for them. Meanwhile, the Padres, they've hit lefties very well here in the second half, 383 Woba, 146 WRC plus in 327 plate appearances. So the Padres, first five run line, minus half a run, minus 125 and shop around because you may get a better price. Red Sox and the Astros here. Christian Javier on the, or, uh, excuse me, Justin Verlander on the mound for the Astros. Christian Javier pitched yesterday. Uh, the Astros jumped all over left-hander James Paxton for a 9-4 to win, although Javier did not look good in that game yesterday once again. But it is Verlander here today. Astros in the minus 145-ish range, total of nine for this one. Tanner Houck going for the Red Sox. So for Verlander, he's kind of struggled a little bit here with the Astros. Three starts, 450 ERA, 393 FIP, only 13 strikeouts in 18 innings. Didn't get a lot of swings and misses against Miami last time out. And Boston is a very, very good lineup when it comes to strikeout avoidance. Now, the other thing I like about Boston in this game, Tanner Houck's really good against righties. The numbers this season aren't great. 505 ERA, 421 FIP is coming back from the injured list as well. But righties this season, batting 224 with a 300 on base, 272 slugging, 262 Woba. And if you look at his career, righties are only batting 206 with a 281 on base, 260 slugging, 248 Woba, 475 plate appearances. So Hauk matches up quite well against a very right-handed heavy Astros lineup here. And the Red Sox, they've been a bit better offensively against righties here in the second half than the Astros have been. I think Hauk matches up well. I think Verlander is just not fully right. Maybe the Astros are tinkering a bit too much. I don't know. But I like Boston tonight as a dog. Plus 124 at DraftKings. Shop around, see what you can find. But the Red Sox as a dog and San Diego on the run line for the first five. The two plays here for tonight. I'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics. 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.